0: Welcome to the Sunset Community Church podcast. You're listening to sermon audio from our Sunday morning services. For more information about Sunset Community Church, visit us online at sunsetcommunity.church. Well, um, it is good to be here and so so cool to hear from you, Brady. Brady and I were talking because he um, lived in Lebanon uh, for eight years, is that right? Yeah, so just talking about his perspective on what's going on in the Middle East and yeah, it's been a fun series, so we, for those of you that are, this may be your first Sunday with us, you, uh, you've already gotten an idea of where, we're, where we've been at, and this really kind of comes out of a series that we started uh, off the fall with, just talking about faith in general. What is faith? And trying to kind of, to, to get away from the, the idea that faith is just like a feeling or some kind of superpower you muster up, but that faith is a person, and that faith uh, has an outworking. And as um, we've been walking through this particular series, focusing on how does our art and faith, how, how does our faith intersect with the arts? Um, it's been really fun. We had a great conversation on Wednesday night, and I'm really looking forward to, to what's coming up on Saturday as well. Um, just one thing before, we, uh, before I share this morning um, Just kind of a save the date for you all. At the end of every year as a church, we gather together and we usually share some food together and talk about what God has done this last year in our church and kind of dream a little bit about the future. So put on your calendar December 6th. That's a Wednesday night. And we're going to be coming together for our end of the year meeting. Um, We'll be sharing more information about that as well at the end of uh, the next week or so. So art and faith. We've been in this series and we've been looking at how creativity is interlaced with God the Creator and how we also are a part of that. So we've been talking a lot about what do we create and what is, how does truth, goodness, and beauty um, kind of pull us into the heart of God. And this, uh, this last week I was thinking a little bit about um, how we are like essentially kind of an extension of God's creativity. The, the Bible says in... Um, Ephesians chapter 2, my, my clicker is not working. Or is it? Oh, there we go. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, We are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This idea of handiwork, it's not a very contemporary word, um, but the original word, as Aaron has mentioned, is poema, which means something that is made something that is made. So you could say that we are God's workmanship, or I love how the the NLT puts it, we are God's masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. Genesis kind of unpacks this idea of God's creation, and at kind of one of the the crowning moments of creation, he breathes life into humanity. I like how uh, David frames who we are in Psalm uh, 139. Verses 14, if you guys could put that up on the slide for me. He says this, he says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. When you look at yourself in the mirror, do you say that to yourself? Wow, like I am wonderfully and fearfully made. Many of us don't. We look in the mirror and we go, oh man, what is that, you know? What is wrong with my teeth and my hairline, which is continuing to shrink but God, when he looks at us, he sees a beautiful creation, something he made intentionally. Aaron kicked off our focus of art and faith a couple weeks ago, showing how one of the things that art does, it connects us to a longing that we all feel. Aaron said this, he said, we long to be at home with God, enjoying his truth, his goodness, and his beauty. And so that's been our theme, truth goodness and beauty. So today um, we're going to talk a little bit about this, this kind of other part. We, we, Aaron started last week talking about beauty, and this morning we're going to talk about art and the goodness of God. Art and the goodness of God. So let me pray for us. Father, we have g- gathered here this morning. We've already uh, heard beautiful music. We've sung together. We've heard uh, an expression of creativity through what Lavelle shared with us. And Lord God, um, we've even heard how you're working through Brady. And so I pray, Lord God, that um, this morning as we consider um, who you are, your creative works, um, that we would, Lord, lean into your heart even more and more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I, uh, I grew up with an artist so some of what Brady was talking about and kind of how artists like to push things. My dad was a, a hippie in the 60s. Uh, he was one that loved to, to kind of challenge authority. He was a musician and a songwriter. He was a poet and a painter. He was a woodworker and a calligrapher. I mean, if he could create something, he would. His creativity was really a central part, a God-given part of who he was he couldn't make money doing it, and I saw that frustrate him his whole life. And so he took what he could do with his art, his creative spirit, and he worked for newspapers doing graphic arts and layout. But everything my dad approached, he approached with a creative flair. I remember when I was six years old, I was in Cub Scouts, and uh, the, the, the troop leader of our uh, Cub Scouts said, hey, we're going to have a race with these little wooden cars, Pinewood Derby. Does anybody know what that is? And so you have to, we're going to give you a block, and you're going to go home, and you're going to transform this block into a car, and then we're going to race them. Maybe you've seen these before. And so, you know, I'm six years old. I've never done this before. And so, of course, dad's going to do it, right? That's so so many kids' projects. And so I told my dad about it, and he created the coolest-looking car. I mean, it was amazing. I wish I had a picture of it. And he, he detailed it out. And he carved it. He used every ounce of his creative ability to do it. And so then I brought this, this, thing, this beautiful car to the race, and it lost every race. Because <laughs> my dad put so much time into the craftsmanship, he didn't think about the fact that weight is the most important if you ever done these, whichever car is the heaviest goes down the track the fastest. So my car was flying off the track and losing every race. He had he'd used this in such a beautiful way, used his creativity, and it didn't quite work out. And, you know, art is, is interesting. It often is, is um, subjective and hard to define. I was doing some research this week, and I came across a, a research paper from Stanford University. And it was the philosophy of art and i started reading it halfway through i was like i don't even know what they're saying anymore because it's so hard sometimes to define what is truly art what one person finds beautiful uh, another person finds odd or even ugly what draws one person away may dr- or draw one person in may drive another person away but that doesn't mean there aren't created things that are universally agreed to be beautiful, when we think about something like a flower. And you, you look at its intricacy from the inside out. We are often captured by it in a moment. Others are astounding, other works of art. This is Petra. Look at that, amazing work of art. And others, if you were to take, in, take them in in person, would just make you exhale. In amazement. This is the Great Wall of China. I've had actually had the opportunity to stand there and go, Wow. So whether it's a song, a painting, architecture, a poem, when we encounter beauty, in that moment we actually briefly lose our free will. We can only submit to its influence. You know what I'm talking about? Have you had those moments where you literally physically could not go, Whoa? Or or not be provoked by what the imagery you were seeing. My wife and I, we first got married, we lived in my hometown on the coast, and one night we went out to the ocean for a little picnic, and this was the picture that we took as the sun set. Pictures just don't do it, right? The smell of the air, the sound of the ocean, the feel as the sun went below. So you know what I mean, right? How art can do this to you, can provoke you, can challenge you, can draw you in where you literally, in that moment, maybe it's just a second, you've lost your free will. I have to respond to this. But then just as quickly, art returns. I mean, your free will returns. And then you have a choice. You can let it move you to something more or you can just turn away. In this way, art or any type of Creative expression is an invitation to an experience. It's a, it's a drawing in. The question is, what type of experience is the art that we experience, er, that we encounter? What is it doing to us? As Christians, we believe that God not only created everything, but that he actually came down into his creation that God himself dwelled with man. He came as Jesus. He experienced the fullness of the human experience. And through his life and through his death and through his resurrection, through Jesus, he then invites us to know God, to know him. And as we are drawn into the wonder of who he is, that invitation leads us to an experience, an experience of his goodness. You know what my favorite type of art is? I actually didn't know this was art growing up, but in recent years, we've kind of rebranded it. My favorite type of art is culinary art. (laughs) It's the most delicious. (laughs) I grew up when we just called it cooking, you know, or dinner. (laughs) But now it's it's an art form unto itself. In fact, just a mile from here, Renton Technical School has a culinary arts program I'll show you a picture from this program. I did this just a quick Google. I've actually gone there before. They actually have a restaurant um, where you can go and eat really good food for really cheap because the students are just experimenting, (laughs) but it's usually really good stuff. Culinary art. It's an invitation, right, to an experience. When I was looking at this picture, I was like, what is that that they're making? Oh, it's all meat, even better, (laughs) right? But there's, I've never seen meat take on those forms before. So, yes, it is an art form, culinary art. So what type of art draws you in? What type of art points you to something good? How many of you are moved by music? Yeah, a lot of you. How many of you are moved by visual art, painting? Yeah. How about performing art? You've been to a play or, yeah. There's all sorts of different forms of art, poetry, woodworking, whatever it would be. All of, all of art draws us in and points us to something. So, when we consider how God is creative through his creation, we also understand that at the beginning of it all, when God created all that there is to, to create, he would declare at the end of each day, it is good. And the final day when he put humanity down right in the middle of his creation, he then gave instructions for us to engage with all of what he's created, to experience it, all of it. And he said at the end of that day, when humanity was made, it is very good very good. The beauty of creation was good, and it was and always has been a reflection of its creator. As a reminder of the goodness of God in church, some of us grew up saying, God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. No, maybe you say that without thinking, but this is a true statement about the goodness of God seen from creation till present day. But despite that goodness of God, we also know that there is a lot of things that aren't good. And so we need to be reminded of the goodness of God because we are not always good, are we? We sin. We do things that are contrary to God's goodness. And as a result, God's good creation is often corrupted, it's abused, and it's neglected. But despite that, God's goodness is is still present. All of his creation brings with it an invitation to an experience. Psalm 34.8 kind of captures this invitation. It says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. This is an invitation to experience something. And it's repeated throughout Scripture, to taste The goodness of God. The beauty of God's creation. I was thinking about this as it related to the the people of Israel. They had just been freed from captivity, from a not good situation, right? They've been oppressed by the Egyptians. And God leads them out into a desert. Again, not a great place to be. There's no food, no water. And God creates something for them. This thing called manna which literally means, what is it? (laughs) There's a description. It's like bread, sweet, like a wafer. God's goodness to his people in the midst of hardship was on display as he gives them bread to eat and he sends them quail, he sends them meat to sustain them. This was not a one-day thing. This was a 40-year thing. What about for you? What are some ways that you've experienced the goodness of God? How have you experienced the goodness of God? I don't want this to be just monologue or rhetorical questions. So why don't you take a minute? Why don't you turn to some people next to you and share what comes to mind about how you've experienced God's goodness? We actually did this as a staff just this last week. And so I want us to do it as a church. Take a minute. This is a participatory event. <laughs> and share with somebody next to you how you've experienced God's goodness. Okay. I know we could keep going once you start, right? I love it. I love it. So how many of you, as you were talking about how you've experienced God's goodness, it was in the midst of hardship? Yeah. How many of you that one of the primary ways that you've experienced God's goodness has been through other people. Some of us have been there, yeah. There's so many ways that we've experienced God's goodness. And it's such a beautiful thing to be reminded of. When, when the people of Israel continued on their journey, God told Moses, he said, there's two things I want you to put in the Ark of the Covenant. One is the word of God, the, the, the Ten Commandments. The other, you know what it is? Manna. I want you to remember my goodness through food. I love that. Culinary arts. (laughs) But there's this holistic experience, right? Not just head knowledge, but there's an invitation to an experience. You know, you and I are included in the beauty of God's creation Again, you are fearfully and wonderfully made, and many of us don't believe this about ourselves. And too many, actually, instead of experiencing the goodness of God, they participate in the corruption of creation. They believe a lie, first about themselves, often about God, and then they walk out that lie. We hear it in our music, we see it in our media. Romans 1, uh, 25 says this. It says, oh, I skipped it. I don't have it. Romans one twenty five twenty six says that they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and they worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. And so this is one of the ways we can determine what kind of experience we're being invited into when the art we consume is leading us away from the creator and towards the created things whether it's sex or money or power or us, our identity. And we're We're being drawn to to a false experience of goodness. And so we need more image bearers of God who have tasted and seen his goodness. More who are using their creativity to lead to those good expressions of God. And again, as Brady said, sometimes they're provoking us. And that's good too. Waking us up to what is good and true. But, as image bearers of God, as those who have placed our faith in Jesus and are being drawn into the heart of God. I love what Isaiah 52 and Romans 10 echoes. It says this, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. If you're an artist, I think there's some clues in here on the types of things you can do to create. Again, that's not Noah's Ark or image of the disciples, but how we can create together in ways that highlight and point to the good news of Jesus. And we all have unique ways to do this. Some of us naturally have these artistic gifts. In, in our church, we have Diane Van Ornham, who's uh, an amazing uh, artists, and some of her art is here in our church building. We have Jesse Burrows, who's sitting in the back, who actually designed this shirt that i 'm wearing today that has our mission statement to love God to love people um, we 've got Jessica Camara who designs um, jewelry and she does painting. so those are some of the visual artists in our church, and we have others as well. We have musical artists we heard from Laval today and Tiffany and Aaron, really everyone on our worship team. We have craftsmen in our church in fact, this table, and this piano were created by Sam Tutko. We have Chad Nicholas who did the stone work out in front, uh, in our bistro area around the fireplace and the tile work down below. We have Brandon Kammerer who does digital arts, and I, I could go on and on in our church family. No, I'm not including anyone. Or including everyone. But I want you to know that That all of us, whether we have these kind of like tangible artistic gifts that kind of fit conventionally into what we we understand as art or not, all of us, just by our being, are a masterpiece. God has created us, and he's given us a creative ability to invite others to experience the goodness of God. Many of you are going to be making a Thanksgiving meal later this week. (laughs) There's an experience that you're inviting people into. Hopefully it's a good one. No dry turkey, please. But here's the thing about good art. To really experience, to really be drawn into it, it requires time. The best musical experiences require participation. Yeah, you can stream it, you can listen to a a compressed version of it, mp3, on your phone whenever you want, but if you want the best musical experience, it requires participation. It requires you to go to a concert. The most beautiful paintings fully draw us in. We don't just kind of slap them up on the wall and never look at them again. We meditate on them. We sit with them day after day after day. The best food is eaten slowly with good company. The most amazing architecture is worth traveling to. We do that. I'm going to go see one of the wonders of the world. Taste and see. Taste and see is an invitation to slow down and to experience the goodness of God. We believe that everything that is truly good comes from God. And so the invitation to experience God's goodness, to taste and see, requires something of us. It's not just a passive thing. It requires that we position ourselves so that we can taste and see. When the Israelites woke up and manna was on the ground, what did they have to do? They had to gather it. And then they ate it. There was a participation that was required. Coming up in just over a week, many of us are going to be going to a Thanksgiving meal together. And there is no such thing as a virtual Thanksgiving meal. Is there? We tried a few years ago. You eat your turkey in your house and I'll eat it at mine and we'll sit over Zoom, but it's not the same, is it? So let me end with this, just this question. I was just pondering this last night as I was thinking about this message. What are some ways that you might be able to regularly experience the goodness of God? So we just shared amongst ourselves some moments that we've done it, but how can we regularly make this a part of our life. And who wouldn't want to, right? I wrote just three thoughts. These are just, these are just my thinking. One of those ways to experience the goodness of God more is to co-create with him, co-create with God. What did he say at the beginning? I've given you all of these things now tend to them. So we do these sometimes, but without thinking. When you tend to your yard, you go, wow, thank you, God, for this grass. And curse you, weeds. That's <laughs> okay. <No, just kidding. laughs> but when we tend to what God has given to us, there's a type of co creation where we experience the goodness of God. Sometimes when we pray, do we write out the things that we're praying in our thoughts? The next time you drearily, groggily push the button on your coffee maker, you are co creating with God. He has given you something that you are then creating into an amazing warm beverage, which I'm gonna have this afternoon. <laughs> what are some ways that you can co-create with God? And let me just say this, one of, the, one of the most beautiful ways that we can regularly experience the goodness of God on a regular basis is to have fun and to laugh with his people, to be in relationship with the people of God because we are all fearfully and wonderfully made His works are good. I know that full well. So everything that is truly good comes from God, and I guarantee that as you draw closer, you draw close to God's heart, and the more you do that, you will experience his goodness. Let's stand together and pray as we close out our service today. Let's just take a moment, before we pray, and think about our experience so far today. Life is not always easy. Some of us came here this morning with burdens, things weighing on our hearts. But as we walked from the parking lot to the pew, we walked into a building that is generations old, that through God's people was created as a place of worship. As you walked by the bistro, there was food and warm drink. There were people laughing and connecting. As we sang songs, there was a unity present that is hard to find anywhere else in society as our voices join together to declare the goodness of God. As we heard the creative expression from Lavelle declaring the truth about who we are, we got to participate together again in a proclamation of the goodness of God. So Father, today we thank you. Thank you for your goodness, present even in our hardship. We thank you for the signposts that are all around. From the changing of the leaves to the art hanging in our home to the declarations of your glory in the heavens. Father, would we truly take you up on your offer to taste and see that you are good. Would you draw us closer to your heart, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.